This is Plus Money Golf on the Patriot Sports Network. A golf betting podcast that's better than most. What he said. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. And now, here are your hosts, Adam, Smitty, and Eric. Good evening. Welcome to Plus Money Golf show with the pro and the caddy that'd be adam and smitty my name is eric i'm just the host we are brought to you this evening by jazz sportsbook casino and race book of course and our buddies over at underdog fantasy use code plus money all one word get 100 percent deposit match that sounds awesome chris is here doing the real work making sure we're on the internet oh no What's that adam is here smitty is back that's the big news smitty how you doing i'm doing all right man yeah i'm ready to go did uh did the speed thing took week off rest up get ready for the pga <laughs> yeah that's what it was about right <laughs> yep even though he's hurt he's playing come on yeah i mean it, it could be a jordan flu game situation could be <laughs> a hurt wrist all pierce at a major that's set up like a us open that's not a good combination that's career ending or season ending if you get the wrong spot i mean if he plugs in the face of a bunker and he tries to hit it out or gets in a super deep rough situation i mean there's guys several guys that have had their career ended with wrist injuries i mean they're like done they don't even play anymore roots it's not good it's not a good injury to mess with so hopefully it's not super serious yeah i mean I was just reading an article a little bit ago about about him and saying that it's it's been lingering a little bit, but it's not it's it's still doing better than it was, obviously, for when he sat sat out. Um, And prior to him sitting out, you know, obviously he was playing really good golf and he was saying that there were he he would compare the pain that he's having now to the last couple of weeks that he was actually playing manageable. Yeah. It's it's there, but it's it's something that he can deal with. So I mean, yeah, it's not like he's been playing bad. No, 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 he hasn't. And but the thing is, too, is this course is um, a lot to bite off when you're not 100. percent As Adam yeah. was saying, it's very U.S. Open like. I mean, yeah, past U.S. Open course, northeast, deep rough. Right. There's there's videos. There's so many videos out on social media right now about how. Uh, guys are going straight to the rough to practice shots with all kinds of different clubs. Um, that goes to show right there how thick this stuff is and how tough it's probably going to play. And being being some of the nar- being the nar- one of the narrowest uh, fairway widths on what is it? The average fairway width is twenty seven yards. My ass Ooh. couldn't hit that consistently. Um, you're you're getting off into that rough and the pictures I've seen and the videos I've seen of guys hitting out of there. I mean, it's, it's no joke. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen any rough per se all season, except maybe Riviera had some, but uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough test for sure. Cause you know, it's New York this time of year, it's uh seasonal uh, bank grass. And I mean, they're, it's going to be firm and fast. So these guys that want to, take a risk on these tee shots it's not going to be easy by any means yeah and i think guys are a little confused um on just how the course is going to play a little bit like i was i I listened to an interview with joe damon for a little bit and he was talking about how man like the fairways are fast i was not expecting the fairways to be as fast as they were and so yeah it's a really long course but the fairways are really narrow so it tells me that Everybody can play here because of the role you're going to get on the fairways. But if you miss the fairway, you might be in trouble. He's like, but at the same time, I wasn't, I was expecting the course to be harder. I was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? So I feel like a lot of guys are just confused. And he was comparing it a little bit to Brookline. Yeah. Um, or winged foot's what they kept saying today too. Yeah. I mean, it's same area. It's a Donald Ross. And it's like, to me, all of those Ross courses have a very similar feel like the squarish greens, the, you know, the, the fairways that cut in and cut the bunkers are kind of cut in there. And it's just, I mean, it's a good old classic course. It stands the test of time. 
It's obviously yeah. gotten longer over the years, but at 7,400 with firm, fast fairways, I mean, it plays 6,900, which is in everybody's wheelhouse. Right. And I mean, but then, right, to penalize you, four inch rough. Yeah. You have the fourth. Yeah, that's small. bigger than you think. You, you have <laughs> the four. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You have the fourth, the fourth smallest greens on tour uh, by average. Like the green size are average like 4,500 square feet, which is fourth smallest. I mean, you're talking, you get into the rough and now you're expected to go to be precise on your approach shots to the green. Like, I mean, how realistic is that to be? And you're talking the greens running 12 to 13. Yeah. And with the way they, I guess they were saying the way that Andrew Green did the redesign that they added some like little kind of necks on the bunkering. I mean, on the greens where like Donald Ross greens are very square in shape, uh, kind of like a, like you would see at a British open. And so there'll be some interesting pens where they could t- really tuck it. So I feel like the PGA wants to make a statement because people are kind of sliding it and, um, that if there's some decent scoring the first day, they might really, you know, tuck it up the second day. Cause these new bunkers that they put in are crazy looking. I mean, it those looks grass like faced bunkers. Placed. Yeah. And those yeah. grass faced bunkers for people who haven't played them are, if you get, if your ball hits and it's stuck in one of those, it's virtually impossible. You, you're almost better play is to hit it back into the bunker and play it out. Cause now all of a sudden you're chopping and if it shoots straight up, I mean, it could go anywhere. A grass face bunker. That's one of the steep ones. Like you see. Yeah. Over so it's like, Britain. it's like overseas, but those are grass. Like they sod lay those. So it's like stack sod where these are just like grass faces. So the idea is that the ball hits in the face and it doesn't like get a chance to kick on where some old courses, uh, like guys would put out of the bunkers. Well, you can't put out of bunkers anymore. You've got to hit these high flop sand shots, which you don't, we don't see these kind of bunkers anywhere really on tour because they're only like Donald Ross style bunkers. So are we looking at like a four under winner? I mean, like last week with the 23 under. So it's going to be that it's possible. I think, you know, last year, you know, Zal Torres and, and JT, you know, uh, forced, they forced the playoff there at, and they're both at five under. Right. I mean, I think that we could be looking at something similar there, um, this year, but I mean, I think the PGA tour is, I think they're feeling some pressure here to make it really challenging this week because, you know, you look at the last five tournaments and in the last five tournaments, and that's all the tournaments pat like after the masters and the masters won at what 12 under, right. Was yeah. around 12 under, um, Every the the next five, the winner has been um, seventeen under or better. Wow! And you're talking, and one of them was one of them was a thirty under, <laughs> one of them was like a twenty four under, and then last week was twenty three under. Yeah, I don't. I think that I think that fans are and critics are a little bit annoyed right now, and I think that we're just in a we're just in a stretch there of tournaments where it's like. Okay. They got ideal conditions like right. ball in hand last week. Firm, firm yep. are super soft on challenging courses where they can just drop driver anywhere or firm and fast where it just played way easy. Well, yeah. Like- and so, so weather has been a very big determinant, right? As of mm-hmm. late. And we feel, I feel like every week we're talking about, oh, Christ, there's going to be rain again or there's going to be some super like crazy afternoon winds and everything, right? I mean, um, I, I just, I think that but then guys are still scoring. I mean, last week you play in lift clean and place in the last day with tour guys, it's going to be, they're going to destroy the course because yeah. And all of a sudden you can set it on how you want it to set in the fairway. And it's like, I mean, you saw the scoring. There was 63, yeah. 64s. It's like crazy. Right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, being a being a high school golf coach in Wisconsin for five years and understanding the fact that if you can play lift clean lift clean and replace, I mean high schoolers are shooting yeah crazy better scores. So it, it it's you put the pros in in conditions like that. Okay, well they're just gonna throw darts all over the place. Yeah, I think I mean you could probably look at the 
I mean, find a stat somewhere, but the courses that we play up in New York area that are these really old 1920s, you know, uh, era courses, they all, the scoring is never that low. I mean, Marion, Wingfoot, uh, Oakmont, all these places, the scoring is not, they don't take a deep because once you get out of the New York area, you have very few Donna Ross courses, very few Tillinghouse courses where you have these super challenging off the tee, like tee to green, hole one to hole 18 demanding courses. And that's why you see a lot of U.S. Opens in the Met area, Met section, Philadelphia, because the courses are just like, you know, old money built for these types of, you know, events. They're all yep. built. Everybody the built horses. This place is yeah. wild. They're Everybody literally built, built to like host U.S. Opens. The, yeah, I mean, and they're so, they're, they're. I mean, you look at the protecting, you know, the test of time there. Yeah, all the history. Every U.S. Open, every U.S. Amateur was like the <laughs> event, and they were all held in that New York, Philadelphia area, and you just have just great, great golf courses. I mean. They're obviously good courses. I mean, you look at Sand Valley built a replica course that was from New York. So it's clearly something to that. I don't see a bunch of trees or a bunch of water. It looks, looks they took all the trees out. I didn't realize how narrow these fairways were. I thought this was kind of a, a as a player, I think people say, well, trees make it harder. And I, I've had this argument with people multiple times. I think as a player, when you take trees out, it, it makes the hole look wider, but F for the average golfer, it looks wider, but from the player, it makes the area look way smaller because now all of a sudden all you see is rough and then a tree 50 yards left or 50 yards, right. And for me as a player, like when I see these courses that are really opened up, take all the trees out, it gets way harder. Um, because the, it's hard to judge the depth perception. It's hard to right. judge how much there is uh, rollout before. Like, you know, you would see like on hole six here where the Creek is, if they had trees left, you'd be like, okay, well the trees kind of show where the water is. Well, now the trees pulled back 80 yards from the Creek bed. Well, I don't know how far that it, you know, like it's even hard when you're doing practice rounds. Cause you would laser those trees close to the bunker or close to the Creek edge. But now all of a sudden you can't do that. So, as players and good players, I think the less trees, the more difficult they get. So I would I would tend to agree with that, right? Especially like if you don't have a lot of experience playing at that specific course, right? right? Because, um, you know, I, I caddy at a link style golf course, and there aren't any trees out there. And Boy, guys they that, crushed that place, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys that guys that come out there for the first time, and I mean, granted, we're talking about amateur golfers compared to professional golfers, but at the same time, you know, just seeing hundreds and hundreds of golfers come through a place like Aaron Hills, and they come out there and they've never played there, it's like, oh well, it kind of looks like I should go, I should do this because you know, I mean, it's wide open. Why wouldn't I do yeah. that? Well, yeah, it looks enticing to do that, <laughs> except for the fact that, you know, there's bunkers over there that you can't see. And then the the slope of the fairways and tends to go, you know, right to left. And, it, you know, you're going to put yourself in a lot of trouble. So we actually want to go up here or guys just like, can you line me up? Guys get lost out there yeah. with trying to understand, OK, like, you know, if it's a par five where you're you're not able to go for the green and you're not aiming at the flag stick, you know, like, how do I line myself up or yeah. if it's a or if it's a, a blind tee shot, okay, there's nothing out in the distance to line myself up with. Oh, I'll just line up with that pine tree out there in the distance and I'll be good type thing. So there's, like you said, depth perception is a big thing and yeah. being able to kind of navigate your way around the course. If you don't have that, that's tough to do. And as a player, it's hard to hit those feel shots when you like look at it and you're like, that looks like 120 and your caddy's saying, no, that's 155. And you're like, oh shit, well, I'm trying to hit a feel shot and it's really hard to to judge how hard you want to hit that. And I, I was noticing like on some of these holes, uh, like the par threes where the greens are bumped up a little bit and you have those grass line bunkers from pinning where they put the tee box. You might not see the sand. All you see is the grass. So you feel like, Oh, that's my bailout. Well, you don't know there's a, I mean, they know there's a bunker there, but as a player, you don't see the bunker as much. So it, it's going to be interesting. Sounds like veterans might have a bit of an advantage here. Like yeah, but I don't think anybody's like played. 
this new layout. Um, uh. It said Rory's like an uh, honorary member there, um, but he, I don't think he said he had really played it that much. Um, I'll let you they just, Rory. They just did not did this renovation not too long ago. I mean, they've done a lot of renovations here and restorations, and um, that just shows how much money they have. And I think they've done like five or six redos of this track. So, yeah. I mean, everybody yeah, tries to restore them back to the Donald Ross, and it's really hard. You have to, you know certain guys that do those classic courses really good, and I think this guy did it really good. I was trying to find past winners and I couldn't really decipher who had won the PGA championship before versus who had won at this course before. Yeah, but. I think Duffner won here last time was the last uh, PGA champion here. Okay. Um, He's got to be 150 to. Yep. Duffner was like uh, 2013 was a PGA championship. I mean, they've had the senior Duffy. PGA here in 2019. This is like where Walter Hagen grew up at or. Was a member was a pro here or something like that? You might have to help me with who this. I don't know who this is actually. Um, but 2003 with the PGA Championship, Sean, Sean, Mc, Sean is it McKeel? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. He was like yeah. those one of those guys that was like a one off winner, you know, like it seems mm-hmm. like every five or six years we have this guy that wins and then he's just gone. And I'm telling grandkids about it for the next 35 years. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a weird too. When you look at, look at last year. Okay. This is, so this is, this is golf um, and how competitive it, it just continues to get like more and more competitive every week. I feel like in every season now. So you look at last year, last year's leaderboard um, at Southern Hills. Right. And uh, you, you see, obviously, JT at the top, and then you have Will Zalatoris, and then Mito. Mito, Mito, okay, implosion, remember that? But then, like, Cam Young was there, Chris uh, Kirk was there, uh, T5, then Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, Rory, right? But then here's some, and, like, Seamus Power was that was up there in the top. The top Seamus! Um, Tom Hoagie was up there, but then you, go, you keep going down. Xander was T13, Homo was T13. But some really interesting things and guys that have been playing pretty good golf this year, right? Um, well, Jordan Spieth was T34 at four over par. Matt Kuchar was four over par. Patrick Reed, who's a good majors player, hey, right? Reed. Um, yeah. Four over. Victor Hovland was five over. Uh, mm. John Rahm was six over at T48. You have Colin Morikawa was eight over. Uh, Jason Day was eight over. Kepka was eight over. I mean, all these guys, right? Matsuyama was nine over. All these guys that just have been playing really good golf this year. Yeah. And as of late, I mean, you look at and and Southern Hills is still is that's a classic the, old course, right? It's one of the compar- comparable. It's one of the comparable like yeah. courses, right? And so it kind of put me in a really big spin when I was trying to figure out who the hell is going to win because all the guys I wanted to pick initially, I was like, well, shit, they were terrible last year. Yeah. And so I'm like, what do I do? But I mean, Jason day one last week. Yeah. And he was eight and he was eight over par here, you know, at the, at the PJ last year at a compare at a, they say a comparable he course, right? Like Which is Jason Day last week. I mean, yeah. stepped on it at the end. Once he got to twenty, it was like step on their throats now. Right, because one remember by we were one shot, but it seemed yeah. a very convincing victory for yeah. guy one by one shot. Like and remember, we were out. chatting about it, right? We were chatting about it how uh, I, that it's like well, they all got around twenty, and we're like, well, now it's. I remember saying it to you guys with Scotty's to lose now, and then Scotty yeah. just kind of tapered off, and Jason Day all of a sudden it seemed boom, like he didn't really want up. it. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. I don't about, know if it's but... like the whole number one thing. Like, it seems like people are trying to avoid being number one because then it just comes a disaster after that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Ron was doing okay with it, you know? And of course, you know, Austin Ekro, who I've picked multiple times for a top 20. Yeah. Doesn't get a top 20. You know, he, he even bests that by getting a second. <laughs> Is he a member there too? Because Dow and CT Pan were members there, right? Uh, Echo lives in Oklahoma City. He's like a Oak Tree National guy with like Tway and Matthew Wolf, Victor Hovland. 
It's kind of like that Oklahoma State 2000 eras guys are all members out there, which is like yeah. a really tough test. So I don't think he's playing this week, but I mean, similar type of look to me off the tee. But yeah, even Kevin Tway got a top 20 last week with T11. I mean, come on. Wow. Not bad. All the guys that I put faith in every week and they don't do yeah, shit. Yeah, for real. It's funny. It's fun. It was, it's not funny, but it's funny when you look at the, it's like, I looked at pick- that leaderboard last week and it's like, <laughs> oh my God, all these, all these dudes that are long shots and Adam picks to be top 20, all of a sudden they're yeah. in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I think there was like four or five guys that I've picked regularly and I was like, oh my God, Ryan Palmer picked him a couple times. I know. Oh, T8. I know. Eighth. Siwoo. Come on. I know. I bet. I bet on Siwoo again on Sunday yeah. morning. He was plus nine hundred. Yeah, Siwoo, man. Whatever. He was yeah, it was. I mean, last week was a good event. It's good for Jason Day. I mean, he's the kind of guy that gets momentum like some of these other guys. I mean, plays majors really well and in form. That's you know drove it really well last week too. Maybe it's all coming together for him. Yeah, I think this thing too. Um, you know, with nine of the last twelve major winners coming from the top fifteen in the world, that eliminates a lot of players. But as we've seen, the fields are so deep every week that I mean, I think that stat goes out the window. But um I think guys that lead in they were saying on golf channel guys that lead in strokes gain, uh T to green and um typically do really well at these us open style courses so but i mean you're looking at outside so i'm looking at the official world golf rankings right now and you're looking outside the fifth top 15 not really sure who you'd pick to win because like other than jason day who's sitting at 20th right now yeah Um, who was like 200 something not too long ago Right out, yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, he even jumped what he jumped up 15 spots this week, but so, um, uh, the other only other guys are like Cam Young, who or no, Cam Young's sitting at 15 right now. Um, yeah, Morikawa's at 16 and Hatton is at 17. So that's outside of that, I mean, but they did I, have a I, good point that the overall world golf rankings are really bullshit because. One of the guys that was on Golf Channel this morning said, think about this. I had three top tens and a guy who didn't play any fall events was ahead of me still in points. And he gained on me every week. He's like, how does that even make sense? Yeah. So it's a flawed system. But I mean, you think about guys that probably would have moved up into the top 15 after the Masters, P. Reed, Kepka, right. Cam Smith. I mean. Well, Will Zalatoris is still ninth. And he hasn't played in right. two months, three months, and he played one no event. Sense. Yeah, that makes no sense. Your top 10 in strokes gained T to green thus far. Scotty, Rom, Finau, Rory, Colin Morikawa, Xander, Tyler, Tyrell Hatton, Patrick Cantlay, Tommy Fleetwood, and Kevin Yu, Justin Thomas, and Homa just outside. Top 10, then there's Jason Day at 15th, Fowler at 16th. So I don't like yeah, that Homa kind hasn't of had dudes. a top 10 in a major yet. So Yeah, I mean... So some things that I've been looking at for that I was looking at um, and reading about um, some key things for this week is just stroke stroke gains approach. Um, and then, then you're looking at guys, you're looking at all the top dogs, like top few guys here, John Rahm, Tony Fina, Morikawa, Wyndham Clark, um, and then Scotty Scheffler, right? Like the only outlier there is Wyndham Clark, but you could argue that Wyndham Clark is playing just as good as those other guys right now. Yeah. You know, Tony Fina is probably feeling pretty loose. Yeah, won a tournament, went home, probably had very favorable treatment from the misses. Now he's heading into yeah, the PGA. She looks like somebody who take who just takes care of her husband. You know, <laughs> yeah. he did provide a wonderful weekend at the resort. Sure so. did. Um, and then came home with a giant cardboard check. I mean, what more do you want? For sure. <laughs> some some other stats. Some I, I mean. There's nothing better than a nice big cardboard check. Just uh, ask uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other key things like that I was looking at is like stroke gain, strokes gained off the tee. 
And then you're looking again, like Scotty's up there. Patrick Cantley actually leads the pack. Um, I thought it was interesting just because he's pissed me off as of late, but Gary Woodland was there. Yeah. Um, Gary Woodland plays really good in U.S. Opens. And didn't he finish like runner up at Wingfoot? So, ooh, I'd have to look. But and every guy they interviewed said it had like a Wingfoot. Every guy they interviewed said it had a very Wingfoot feel to it. And I don't know if that's because that was the last time we were in that area, or uh-huh. because the rough, or you know, they'd ask JT something about what do they think about having it in May trying to say like they shouldn't and he was like it's new york in may like obviously the grass is good right now so it's not going to be fun yeah for sure i mean woodland 81 it's almost like a flip-flop you know then we're going to la country club for the u.s open which is west coast it's going to be i don't know how in the west coast when they're in semi-drought are you going to get the rough super deep uh, it's that's going to yeah. be interesting. We're going to have activists sure. out there if you're trying to water that much. The um, so the the next stat that I looked at this was interesting. I thought too was that uh, stroked strokes uh, strokes gain total on difficult par seventies over seventy two hundred yards. So it, it really narrows it down. Yeah. Um. So it was Dustin Johnson was that yeah. was led that one. Uh, Brooks Kepka was next, and then it went Spieth. Which I thought was really interesting with Speed, hmm. but he's a, he's a weirdo with like super difficult courses too. Yeah, yeah, he's a rambling, um, scrambling man. And I Jason, mean, Jason Day was there too in the top five with Matsuyama. If you look at all the guys that have won on super difficult golf courses, Brooks, DJ, Spieth. I mean, yep, JT at that point he's won two PGAs. Rory's oh, plays man. good on super difficult golf courses. Like, I got Augusta's like. It's difficult, but it's like that difficult country club that you go to every for member guest every year. And it's like, it's tough, but I've played here a million times. So it's nothing's going to yeah. surprise me. Everybody knows the ins and outs of that course. Like it's Whereas, a great place to play golf yeah. and a great event to have every year. But yeah, when we go guys, to, when we go to open venues or PGAs every 10 or 12 years, it it's like a totally different animal because they haven't seen it. Most likely if it's a high end country club, they've done a renovation, um, uh, mm-hmm. Cause they have money just to burn. Oh, they do. Yeah. Um, so does Rory. That's how you get That's events. Fun. It's like building a new stadium in the NFL. You renovate your course. I mean, you're going to get an event. Yeah, it is. From what I've heard is that when you apply, like say you're a private club, like Southern Hills, for example, wanted to have a Ryder cup. And they said, Medina's the, st- or not Medina, but uh Hazeltine's the standard. You don't have the space. So, if you guys do this and this, then we'll give you this and this. So, I mean, they dumped 20 plus million dollars in a renovation to get multiple PGAs and senior PGAs. Um, but it's, it's crazy how much money these old clubs have to just yeah. do it. And it's not for the Met section is like the Met, Met section, like the courses in New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey, these hosting these majors are way bigger for them than any other golf course in the world because that's how they get measured by how they can justify bumping dues, how they can justify this. But like to say for them, it's like pride. It's like, well, our club's better than yours because we've hosted X amount of US Opens or X amount of PGAs or our scoring was this low or this high. It's like a it's a total arrogant like pride thing with all their members. Whereas if you go to LA, it's like, who cares? We don't want to lose our course for a week, you know, or two weeks. It's like, yeah. yeah. Sounds like a lot of uh, live guys are in the metrics. Boy, the last thing the PGA wants probably is another situation where we got a couple live guys vying for the W. Well, yeah, but, but the thing is, though, is like when you think about that last stat that I, sh- I talked to you about, though, like the strokes gain total on difficult par 70s. I mean... DJ and Kepka aren't aren't far away, right, from being elitist on the PGA tour, right? Yeah. So they, they're still yeah. they're still there. I mean, those numbers are gonna be showing still. I mean those are ha- probably the only two guys that still have friends. I mean, Phil was playing with Rom today, but that's an outlier because Phil's blacklisted. But those two guys are the two that you feel like could come back on the tour and nobody's gonna say anything. It's just gonna be like, hey yep. buddy, what's up? Yep. 
The only the only other guy that I see on here as far as live golf goes um, has to do with driving distance. And you know who I'm probably going to say it's going to be DeChambeau. Um, yeah, but just, that's another guy who plays really good on difficult courses for some reason. Yeah, I mean, USAM champ, US Open champ. Uh, I think he still has distance, but now that he's trying to tone that back, maybe beneficial on a course like this where he can send it if he needs to, but he can click it down two gears, mm-hmm. swing 120. All right, well, let's get into these picks. But first, a message from our friends at uh, Jazz Online Sportsbook Casino and Racebook. Jazz Sportsbook Casino and Racebook, the world's best resource for all-purpose online wagering. For over 20 years, Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wages. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for online wagering. Get a little air piano going. Love it. All right. Top 20s. Smitty, we're welcoming you back. We'll let you go first. But give me 30 seconds to pull up my notes app so I can keep up. <laughs> I mean, last week was a bad week. We had Adam Scott and Powers. Adam Scott with the top 10 and Powers with the top 20. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up. Somebody <laughs> wasn't here. I- I mean, I didn't even have Jason Day as top 10, which is dumb because I've been putting him in these events almost every week at a top 10. I, you know, I was like, I obviously I I was gone for some, for some personal um, family reasons and stuff, but I was, I was actually complaining about Jason Day um, (laughs) on Sunday to my wife about how I was like, I've been all over Jason Day all year. So (laughs) was Adam. And we didn't even like talk about him. We didn't even put him in. I was like, what was I thinking? And I was like, well. I was sitting in a car for, you know, five hours with my, with my family and stuff, driving somewhere and trying to, trying to figure out my picks to get it to you guys before the show. And it just, I just completely spaced on him and I was, I don't know, it was really stupid, but yeah, I know what with the Cootie brothers instead of Ekro and Tway, <laughs> that backfired real quick. <laughs> I could have got way better odds on Ekro and Tway and Tway inside the top 10 and 20 the oh. Cootie bros. You got any cootie bros in your top 20, Smitty? No, I don't. I think you guys do that. Got P. Reed in there? I was looking at P. Reed this morning. My buddy buddy just texted me, Mito Redemption Week. That's kind (laughs) of what I was thinking. I just created like a list of like five guys to watch, and it was like Kucher, Mito, Thegala, Kucher, or uh, yeah, Kucher and Bryson. I thought those are kind of guys I might keep an eye on for – you know, last minute bet after first or second round. Fiegel is always fun. Yeah. All right. Well, my first, my first one for my top 20, Adam's going to probably disagree right away just because he's already mentioned it on the show tonight. Is I, I, no, 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 that's not my, my first one is Max Homa oh. at plus 165. Uh, look at it. He's, he struggled as of late. Um, he's missed some cuts here. I think three out of his last, five maybe where he's missed the cut wow Um, and uh i just i think that's right um i he's got to right the ship he's too good of a player to continue to play poorly and if and you know at a a course where you got to be sharp and a guy who's just been a top 20 magnet for the last couple years hopefully he can um bring it back in a little bit and he plays riviera good which to me kind of has similar bunker looks yeah um, my next guy, I do have Jordan Spieth at a top 20 plus 165. Um, you know, we, we, we've discussed him a little bit already too. And how, yeah, I mean, if he's, if he's okay, if he can, if it's something where he can play through it, then, you know, like he had, like he did the couple weeks prior to actually sitting out and then it's, it's hard to believe he doesn't finish in the top 20. Um, then I went with, uh, Sam Burns at plus plus one ninety. Um, he's just kind of always been around, you know, when it comes to big time tournaments and 
Um, he doesn't seem to get wavered by much and a tough, a tough course and big time field. I mean, I think that he has a chance to finish there. Um, then one of the hottest golfers right now, I put uh, Ricky Fowler at plus 210. And then and then right right along with it, I have uh, Wyndham Clark at plus 240. Ah, Wyndham. I saw him a little higher than I expected. Yeah. I looked at him and I was like, I don't know. My, I mean, my top 20s, I, I will say, like my top 20s are different than my than my 10s and outrights for the most part. Yeah, I suppose. Just because it, it's 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 a top heavy. It's it's all the big boys, right? So odds are going to be a little bit different towards the top, and it's tough to to make money. And if you're just taking all the favorites, because yeah, you're not getting even even money for you know a top twenty with those guys. No, yeah, I don't like the minus signs. What do you and got, I Adam? I don't tend to go too deep um, when it comes to majors, especially. <laughs> I I have no quite a few similar picks. Um I had uh home a plot twist. I had Cam Young at 140. Just because he seems like he's gonna like the course. I don't know why, but he's he's a guy that I will say that I left completely off my list that yeah. I don't hate that he was always right there and I'm like, ah, I don't know. What they say he at the was- match play, he can drive it through a hole in like a donut hole or something like that. Like that guy could drive it through a donut hole. He was what, like eight under on Saturday, yeah. seven or eight under? Yeah, he played good closing out. Um then I had Tyrell Haddon at one fifty, just because he's been playing pretty steady all year. I feel like it's a safe top twenty bet just to get me on the board this week. I Big agree. strokes gained guy too. And then I also had Max Homa at 165. Ha ha. There it is. Um, Interesting. And I had Sam Burns at 190. I just um like Sam Burns because he's so long off the tee and he's got a good short game from that thick stuff. And That's then, exactly what we need. Yeah, I think he's I think he's set up pretty well to, to yeah. be successful this weekend. And then I had I had two more and I couldn't decide. One was Keegan Bradley at 320. Because he's from this area and he's kind of been playing good, but these major championships, he seems to really kind of come alive, especially the ones in the New York area. And then if you didn't like him, you could go with Taylor Gucci at 230. I mean, yeah, Gucci's still a player. And hey, he's winning tournaments over on the live. Yeah. I mean, regardless of how easy the courses they are that are playing, I mean, uh, He's still a player and he can move it. And I don't know. I did have a, I did have a, a uh, honorable mention um, with mine since I didn't go very deep into any odds or whatever. My longest shot was what, 240 with Clark. But someone who finished ninth last year, the PGA Championship, and has been playing pretty well that I actually did hit last week um, was Seamus Power at plus 1200 for a top 20. Yeah. Sheamus. He's what been playing good for the last 20? three, four events. Yeah. I mean, so maybe he can take some momentum into into a a, a tournament like this where I mean, yeah, yeah, not not sit not the same course, but still the same event where he's gotta be feeling good. Like, I can play with these guys. I was T9 last year, you know, he finished four four back only. So after we get shot. done, I did pick uh three PGA professionals for a top twenty. Because the Get odds were stupid. Measure the T box. Yeah. That'd be sick. The, I mean, like the top 40s. So, like, I know I'm ahead of the deal here, but like the top 40s for the PGA professionals were still at 2,500. Ooh. If one of those guys makes a cut and beats four or five guys, or, you know, like four or five strokes ahead of the guy in last, that's going to be a top 40. Mm hmm. Yeah, Boy, it Alex is. Beach is at plus twenty five hundred for a top forty. I love that. I love twenty five times my money. Make this course his beach. Yeah, <laughs> I've been watching his his uh his deals on Instagram because he's playing practice rounds. It's pretty legit. See, it's pretty this cool. Is the kind of in depth analysis that we love over here. Yeah, we'll get some real insight next week when we get him on. So. Yep. About what it was really like there. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Absolutely. Who do you got in your top 10, Smitty? 
All right, uh, top 10, I have Patrick Cantley at plus 180. I hate him. He's boring. He's slow as hell, but he's he's a really good golfer. The Tim Duncan of golf? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean and you need some guys that are going to be kind of even keel out there and emotionless because shit's going to happen this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, British type shit. He was on my list and I scratched him. Um, then I have I have Brooks Kepka at plus two twenty. Uh, um, interesting about Brooks Kepka. Obviously, you know he's been he's been playing really good golf and he's been kind of tearing shit up on the live right now. And then obviously with the Masters and all that. But um, I found I found this stat that since two thousand fifteen, um, Kepka in the PGA Championship. So that's the last eight events, right, or whatever. Um, he's been only been outside of the top 13 twice. Yeah. Wow. With two wins. Yeah. I mean, he's, he shows up. He's a major's machine and he, he is. That's, he, that's all he cares about. Yep. So, so I thought that that was for me, for me, it was kind of a no brainer to put him there at, at plus two twenty in the top 10. Um, and I, I went the boring route again, another guy, but another guy who just avoids bogeys like crazy is Matt, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick at plus two eighty. Then I have former champion, you know, defending champion Justin Thomas at plus two. What do I have? Plus two sixty. Is that right? Yeah, two sixty. Plus pretty good for a defending champion. Yeah, and then I put uh, my boy Ricky Fowler at plus four fifty, yeah. top ten. Oh, He's hot man! Let's that. ride him. Let's get. Let's see what, what he can 450? do. Four fifty. Oh yeah, four fifty. Yeah, yeah four fifty is what I got. Yeah. What were the odds on Seamus Powers top twenty? Twelve hundred. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. I, I was, I was beside, I was kind of beside, like, if you don't like the Fowler pick, like I get it just because top 10 is really tough, I especially don't. this. But like, if you, if you wanted to switch Fowler out uh, with Sam Burns at plus 400, I'm not going to be mad at you either, but I'll go official with Fowler at plus 450. That's a very decent price for old Sammy Burns. It is. Dude. Yeah. Some pretty good numbers around that plus four hundred at the top tens when you got like uh, because uh, like Matsuyama's there at plus four hundred, Tommy Fleetwood's at plus five hundred, Gooch is at five fifty, Spieth is at three sixty, and Homa at three sixty. I mean, there's some good some good numbers, some good guys around that number. Yeah, yeah. If Homa can bounce back, I mean, he could really make some people some money. Yeah. <clears throat> What do you got in your top 10? You got some 15 to ones in there, Adam. I've got a good one on there. Uh, So I I have a DJ at 260. He was on my list to look at. Yep. It's a major and it's DJ. He's like Kepka. He's like just a major hunter. And this this course sets up well for him though. Yeah. I mean, he can just hit bombs and he's got a really good short game. So he hits bombs straight. And then. I picked P Reed at 700 because it's a major and P Reed played really good at Augusta. I get it. It's Augusta. It's not difficult um, for these guys anymore, but he's a hundred to one to win. I'm going to put two or three bucks on P Reed. I yeah. know it. I, I don't want him to win. Wins, he's, where are we going? That's like worse than Phil winning if he won, but yeah. uh, really, yeah. you know, it'd be cool, I guess. Um, and then I had Jimmy Walker at 2,500 for a top 10. Yeah. Just feeling it. He's won here. Hasn't he? Um, where did he win? His I thought I at? saw him on, oh, uh, on here previous winners list. Maybe it was not this course. He won a PGA though. Let's see, um, talking about, he still got decent distance. If it's firm and fast, he hits a plenty long to get around a 7,400 yard course. Um, but he's fairly relatively straight. You know, you don't have to make a ton of birdies in this event. It's going to be pars. Just, just get on that. Similar to Quail Hollow, where you're going to see guys playing extra safe and conservative the first day. Um, it's going to feed into these guys that are just like, like a Kucher and a day and those type of guys who just plug along and don't make many mistakes. Uh, and then he's I had, Portis. yeah. He's and then seen, I had so Jimmy Walker. He won his major. He won the PGA Championship in 2000. Oh no. Yeah, 2016. Hmm. Um, It's been, what, seven years? Just about time. um, Valhalla? 
Hold on. Um, I'll keep going. Yeah, go so ahead. I got Fowler at 450. Fowler. Like it. Nice. And then big Ricky Fowler week. Adam Scott at 650. Played good last good. week. Yeah, Adam Scott was an interesting one. I love his I love his numbers this week. I just couldn't he plays good up on so these like he plays good on these like old school courses where you really got to think your way around the course and mm-hmm. he's such a good long iron player that I think He's the kind of guy that can lay. He's like Tiger, you know. He could lay back with three iron off the tee and hit a five iron, and they're closer than the guy, other guy's going to hit wedge. So, um, Jimmy Walker, 2016 PGA Championship, he outlasted Jason Day by one stroke Ooh. Um, at Baltusrol Golf oh. Club. So, yeah, that's uh, a pretty Louis, good. That's a pretty good dub right there, baby. Didn't just win one under high pressure. I like it. I like it. Is he on your winner's list, Smitty? Jimmy Walker? No, he's not. Uh, is Jordan Spieth? <laughs> you know he is. <laughs> can I can I can I can I read my picks for you guys? Or are we just gonna we were just gonna play guess. the guessing game. <laughs> All right. Well, my outrights, okay, winners. Um Winner. I have I have John Rahm at plus seven fifty. I have a really hard time believing that either John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler is not going to win this week. Guy is dialed in. Um, He's confident. He said, I'm confident right now. Yeah. So So I chose, I was like, okay, I'm going to pick one of them. And uh, I chose that Rahm was going to, is going to be better than Scotty this week. Plus maybe I'll put an irresponsible amount of money on Rahm and make it exciting. There you go. (laughs) Um, I actually have, <laughs> then I have, uh, I mean, that's what gambling is all about, baby. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just go a little past what you're comfortable with and really take a ride. <laughs> <laughs> then I have there the last three weeks. <laughs> I know I have Xander at plus 1600. He's uh, kind of figuring things out in the last month. And, you know, he kind of was the month before that he was struggling, especially off the tee, but he's kind of figured that out now the last month. And I, I think that uh, that'll bode well for him just because he's another one, another guy that I feel like is very even keel on the golf course. Uh, then I have, I have Cantley at plus 1600. Ugh, I can't um, that guy in anything. <laughs> I, it's hard. I know. Um, then I have Brooks Kepka at plus 2000. And then I went with again, Matt Fitzpatrick at plus 3000. No Jordan Spieth. Wow. I got to see how his injury is going first. What was Fitz he at? Plus 3,000. 30 to 1. He doesn't, he doesn't make bogeys. And when there's going to be, when it's going to be a, a winning score of, let's just call it since it was last year, let's call it five under or closer to even par. You need a guy who can par the shit out of holes. Yeah. That's why I didn't put the gala in my, top tens because the guy makes so many birdies that that shows that a guy likes to play John Deere or right. tracks like that, where it's just bird fest. Well, and that's, that's, that's why his best shot where at a course where you've really got to plug it along yeah. guys that love to make a lot of birdies, they get frustrated because you know, you miss two or three putts for birdie and it's like, they feel like the wheels are falling off. And not that I don't think and so. So with Jason Day winning last week, right? And it was a birdie fest, and it was just birdie, 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 mm-hmm. birdie, right? Like, I I feel like that actually has a little bit of do, little bit to do with this week and coming in and like trying to completely change your mindset, right? Where think about how aggressive he was playing last week <coughs> compared yeah. to now this week. It's like okay, I can't be super aggressive. I have to be a little bit more conservative and make sure I'm hitting spots. And you know, there's. So I think that there's some logic going in there and it's like, is that mentally draining for him to think, all right, now I have to completely change my game going into this week. And I just, I just stayed away from Jason day as a whole and probably screw me again, two weeks in a row. I mean, we've seen guys that can play at different speeds. Like DJ can play an all par course or he can play a 30 under course or Tiger was probably the best and ever was to play. And Jack Nicholas, uh, but some of these guys that are just like elite, elite with multiple majors yeah. seem to always find a way. I mean, if the guys just, won a U.S. Open, yeah, it's not normal. Won a PGA, yeah. I think the PGA is definitely 
headed more towards the way their venues and their setups are is more geared towards a US Open setup than uh like an Augusta not deep rough firm and fast like mm-hmm. runway type courses. Mental toughness going to play a little bigger role this yeah. in this tournament it seems like than most. I mean like I last say- week they basically told us on Sunday headed to the back nine like buckle up we're going to get some more birdies here like yeah they're yeah, just going to keep finishing making with shots. the par 5 i mean <laughs> i know the best part of like the um oak hill website is if you're on there and they're like the course tour and it's like hole number 1 ben hogan once called this the toughest opening test in championship golf mm-hmm. so that's just telling guys like right out of the gates get ready cuz it's going to be a fun day mhm yep and that'll break the soft ones mentally right right off the bat yeah i think well, there's yep. going to be some really, really high scores. You have I to think. think about some of these younger guys that are just haven't played in a lot of opens that have never really had to test rough this deep. Like, uh, the Gaul is playing in his first PGA championship this week. So, yep. We'll see. You got him on your winner's list at I, 80 I to one or probably he's on my watch list. On the legal books. Yeah. He's on my watch list. Um, so I had uh, Jason Day at 2,800 just because I the way he hit the ball and he gets a little bit of confidence, he just starts going a lot like Rom and a lot like JT and Spieth and all those guys. Um, and he's slowly been building week to week. And then I went with Tony Finau, 2,200. He's got the length, um, multiple winner already. What's Finau, 2,200? 2,200. Yep. This may be his, uh, you know, breakout major right here. Yeah, he's a guy that wins a couple in a row when yep. he wins. A lot that of strokes gained. And then I went with Rom at seven fifty because I just feel gained? like if I don't pick him, he's definitely going to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that's how it'll work. And then I also went with Brooks Kepka at two thousand because. After what I saw he did at Augusta, well, I was totally blown away with how good he I played. mean, just who saw unreal. that coming? It looked like Brooks was back. And he's a little bit of a psycho, too, in preparation types things. And so, like, you know that he's understanding how bad he was on Sunday. And he's like, okay, well, I got to fix this whole thing, like, playing, you know, Thursday through Sunday. Again. And the best yeah. thing for him is that this is PGA Championship. The not run by the tour, not run by Augusta, and the PJs yeah. definitely seems to have been making an effort to not have the lift guys on interviews at all or on camera. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's actually good for him. He likes, I would it. agree. He, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, what happened at Augusta with him not getting interviewed? That's probably the best thing for him because, yeah, when he was hot and he got interviewed, it just, just more distractions. And then I also put Scotty at uh 700 because. I'm going to pick Rom and I don't pick Scotty. Scotty's going to win. If I pick Scotty and not Rom, Rom's going to win. That is exactly Just how covering it. it. It's like when you go to roulette and you bet, you know, that's like betting red and black. <laughs> <laughs> you're just hoping the green doesn't roll up. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you're betting odds or evens and you hope it doesn't hit zeros. <laughs> exactly. That's what that is. Oh, man. Holy shit. We're at 54 minutes. That. Well, I mean, it's the PGA Championship. I know you got to talk for a little bit about. So there's a lot to talk about. So yeah, I, if you're lo- so if you're looking for three guys to get thirty thousand to one odds to get a top twenty, I like that. I like that a lot. You have Alex Beach, who's at thirty thousand to one. All the club pros are at thirty thousand to one. Uh, Shattuck is at thirty thousand to one. That's the guy that actually won the tournament. And I watched the last round of the National Club Pro. That dude can move it. Shattuck. So I was talking to my buddy who played a practice round with him. And this guy is, my buddy is long, like stupid long off the tee. Like I hit it 290, 295, 300 if I hit a good one. He hits a 320 or 30. And he said on one of the holes, he hit three wood and this guy hit three iron and flew it past his three wood. Shattuck himself. Wow. Yeah. And then the other one is Michael Block, who has played in a million PGA championships. It seemed like every year the guy plays in it. And the reason I like Beach to get a top 
20 or 40, like at least make the cut. Not because he's just my friend, but because he's from the Met section. He plays a lot of these really difficult old Don Ross courses and all their Met section events. So I feel like it's kind of in a wheelhouse and he's healthy and hitting it good. So, And he really wants to play well yeah. because he wants to have something cool to talk about when he comes on our show next week. And, and you know, they do <laughs> give a prize for low professional at the PGA Championship. So these 20 guys are just playing essentially for low professional. Like, of course, they want to win. It's like a story deal. Like, if a guy could win. Yeah. But, you know, it's like an amateur winning a U.S. Open, which we will see in the next five years for sure. 100%. And we'll probably be on him. And I will definitely be on it because I, I watch and I'm even looking at picking amateurs this year to, for the outright win at the U S open. Ah, that's what, cause you have like. a college kid who has no cares in the world. It's probably got an NIL deal. And yep. he's still going to go back to college. Well, damn, know, man, like, we saw it at the masters. If you're yep. in college and you all of a sudden win the U S open, like, and you're a freshman or a sophomore, you're definitely going back because yeah. just think of the rewards. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. You want club seats <laughs> at your SEC football game. You think Tony you want, Finau got treated well. You want club you go seats. Back to campus. Yeah. You're just going to get in your new car that you got for free and you're going to drive by where all the sorority houses are. Wait, what happens there? <laughs> parties. Good I times. Hear. Hmm. I hear they have parties with. Those that would be like when up. that would essentially be like winning the Heisman as the quarterback at Alabama your freshman year or SEC. It's possible that or, we I mean, will win USC. more money than Stupid. Him. <laughs> I mean, we saw what that one kid got for, I mean, got a deal with T Mobile. Yeah. For doing well in the Masters to make up for the 250K that he lost by being an amateur. Yep. And he, he does turn pro. Uh, doesn't look like they're going to make the NCAA. I was watching this scoring today. So unless he gets into the national tournament as an individual, like he's probably going to be pro next week or the week after. Then he'll be making that sweet money. Maybe. Guarantee he's already got a T-Mobile staff bag sitting in his house, just ready to rep. Yep. Passive income. Love to see it. All right. Yeah, I mean. The college golf uh, regionals are going on right now. So top 30 teams and six regionals get in. So top five from all six regionals. That's highly competitive. Holy shit. That's a lot of golfers. You can get some really good odds still for national championship. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Vanderbilt was at negative money. They're already at plus now. So. There call some of, call some of those guys up. Just uh, see if we can't uh, figure something out, like you know Iowa and Iowa State. Yeah, and those those college yeah. athletes screwing up. Yeah, just let us know who to bet on to miss the cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you gotta do. Miss the cut, and we're good to go. Make sure. I mean, people gotta make sure they get on underdog and put some put some things in here. I mean, it's uh, there's some cool there's some cool things out there. I got I did some uh, some. I did I did a a fiver with uh, lower strokes with Cantley. I took like lower on Cantley, Kepka, Fitzpatrick, Rom, and JT in the first round, and then I did uh, lower on the bogeys side ah. with uh, John Rom lower than two and a half, Scotty lower than two and a half, Sam Burns lower than three and a half. Fitzpatrick lower than three and then Jason day lower than three for round one. So uh, there's some cool, there's some, there's a lot of interesting numbers and things that you can really put together in hopes to, uh, you know, win, yeah. win, uh, win 20 times your money. Do you think uh speed's yeah. going to have a bogey free round? Cause you can get him at plus 2,500 bogey free first round. I'd need 50 to one for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely not doing that. He, he's probably going to bogey the first hole. That or he'll do it on seventeen. He'll wait until like the very end. Yeah, I want to. Well, I just want to know. I want to know what the what the odds would be at for him to bogey the first hole because I think that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, if you, I went to the make miss cuts, like to miss, to make the cut, every guy was on negative money. Yeah. I think miss the cut. That's where the money's at. We'll have a couple surprise cut missers who just ended up in the rough a couple times and couldn't figure it out. I mean, you can get Rory at plus three thirty to miss the cut and JT at plus two seven five. So I, I mean, one of those I, two, <laughs> I, I, I want one or a couple of guys like that caliber are probably going to miss the cut for sure. I didn't like the, all the names of the guys we had picked were like popping out to me. So I don't know if that's like my eyes <laughs> just playing tricks on me or what. Yep. Yeah. Your brain is just telling you that uh, you remember those from recently looking at them. That's all. All right. I'll get us out of here. Thank you people for listening. Thank you, Adam and Smitty for all of your research and hard work. Jeez. We're coming with all kinds of metrics and stuff this week. We're watching practice rounds. We're watching college golf. If you haven't already subscribed to this channel, it's pretty easy. You're already here or you can give us uh, one of those reviews. You can tell somebody in your life how much you love the show. Bring one, two, three people over here. Why not follow the show on Twitter at plus money golf. Adam is at AC Miller PGA Smitty's at C Smith eight. And I'm a PSR host guy (coughs) producer, Chris at PSR producer. All right. Best of luck with all of your bets this weekend. See you right back here next Tuesday for more plus money opportunities. Adam say something cool that golfers say. Where's the first hole and what's the course record. Thanks for listening to Plus Money Golf. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Facebook and Instagram at Plus Money Golf and on Twitter at PSR Golf. Until next time.